So the Heidegger Meilich, the Meilich says that the Torah is teaching us how somebody could give another person misr and techocha and be ma'orir him to do the right thing. So if somebody wants to um, be ma'orir other people, wants to have a good influence on them and tell them to better their ways, he has to make sure that he's doing the right thing. The Pusik says, It says, what happens sometimes if somebody's not giving the right kind of misr, he's not, he's not uh, being ma'orir someone the right way, then even if he means well, it's going gonna, it's gonna to affect both of them wrong. The person he's talking to won't accept it. And he himself, he's, being, he's becoming arrogant and haughty, you know, look, I'm the one who's fixing other people, I know what's right. And it's not good for either of them. So when a person is, is capable of it, and he's worthy of, of giving a and he does it the right way, he's not going to become, he's not going to become a Balgava because of it. And the other person will take a Venus order because of his words that will be taken well. He says, if you are going to be the one, you, Moshe Rabbeinu, you're going to be the one that tells them what to do, and you're the right person who could do it, you're the, you're the one for the job, then you're going to see that they're going to be mekayim the mitzvahs correctly, and it's going to have the right effect. Very often, I, I, I talk about this topic, how we try to get other people to do certain things, and if it doesn't work, we always tend to blame them for not uh, taking it right. They should be taking it right. They should be doing the right thing. I'm telling them what to do, and he's not doing it. It's not good to always be self-critical and assume that whenever, whenever anyone around you is doing something wrong, it's always your fault because you must have done something wrong because of it. But at least that much, that when a person sees that for some reason he's not getting through, he has to think about, maybe there's a better way that I could say it. Maybe I could be more careful with the Va'ata Tatsava and it will bring about better results. And it's not only in retrospect when somebody sees that what he said or tried doing didn't work, it's even going forward. It's very important to be careful and make sure that when you want to tell someone something, you want to make them aware of something, you want to make them change or, or do something better, you have to be very careful how you say it, you have to be very careful how it comes across, you have to be very careful that it's being said the right way, and it's not only what you say, it's how you say it. It's not only what you're saying, it's who you are, it's, it's how you feel about that person, it's how they feel about you, and things like that. There's so much that, that, that needs to be taken into account when you're really trying to have the right effect. So when it comes to anything about chen chabunim, or when it comes to a spouse, the point of saying something and telling someone to do something wrong or telling them the right way to do it is not just so that they have the information what's right and wrong. Most often they know it anyway. It's about trying to have a good effect and a good influence and, and, and have the right uh, outcome. And if that's the case, it definitely takes a lot of thought uh, to make sure that it's being presented right and, and, and in the, at the right time, in the right tone, with the right message, with the right wording. And without that, uh, very often, it does not bring about the right results. So, let me read a, a letter over here. Hello, Rabbi. Thank you dearly for your wonderful show and bias series. Okay? Not sure when exactly this is from, so I'll remind you of what you think you said. You said we can talk everything. There's a way to say everything, but still allow all, the shiz- all decisions to be our own. Which means that it's important to let each partner still be allowed to make their own decisions. I have a Hashkafa question. My wife recently started wearing leggings without socks, so a small portion of her ankle is revealed. Can I tell her, can I tell her that this bothers me? Is there a way I could tell her this without hurting her and making her be more careful about sneers without her really wanting to? She will only be doing it for me. Is that a problem? Thank you again. Okay. So I'll say, I, again, similar to the Yiddish here this week, I wasn't so comfortable giving the example because... 
I don't want people getting stuck on the example. It's not my place to talk about this example. I, I, I'm not a, I'm not a, a roof and I'm not. A, but this is definitely a general question that people have. Basically, just to just to make sense out of the question, which wasn't worded so clearly, um, it seems that I'm being quoted as saying that you could you could say whatever you want, but you should let the other person make their own decision. My question is, when it comes to a certain sneeze question, um, should I say something because I'm allowed to say something? Is she allowed to make her own decision? Or how do I get her to make a decision even if she doesn't want to? Is it okay if she's doing it for me? Does that mean, I guess, that I'm controlling her? And things like that. I think that's the basic gist of the question. And uh, we've dealt with such questions many times in the past. I just like I just like explaining the question so that others could benefit from the answer. And not only those who have this specific example that they're dealing with. So the first thing I want to say, just, just to get it out of the way, I think, is that it's not to get it out of the way. I think it's a very big part of this question in general. Forget about the control and showing bias and expressing the boundaries. Just understand what we're talking about here. Tznius is a halacha. Hilchus tznius is a very broad sugya that has to be understood correctly and has to be followed to the T and implemented and we're all obligated by it. Hilchus tznius is definitely a very, very um, serious halacha issue, halacha topic. I think that because there's different opinions and standards, specifically, and because people see other people behaving differently so openly, I think that's what that's what's very misleading. Which means you go into shul and you see everyone wearing tefillin, right? All tefillin basically look the same on the outside. Unless you're an expert, you won't even notice the difference at all. So people don't realize that there are different standards in tefillin, there are different kinds of tefillin, there are different uh, uh, levels in quality in tefillin. So automatically... You don't question it so much, but when you buy tefillin, you go to your sofa, you buy something, you don't realize that there's so many different varieties and versions. When you buy matzahs, you don't realize how different they are, because they all look the same. So when you come to the seder, or you look at the coloring book, it looks the same. When it comes to tzniyas, the, the difference of standards and levels and stringencies and awareness is so blatant that almost wherever you're living, I should say wherever you're living, you're going to be seeing very many different levels of tzniyas observance, let's call it. You know, from one extreme to the next. If you're in certain communities, you only see um, certain differences. You're in other communities, you see a wider range of differences. But I think what what, it, what what ends up happening is that it's very misleading in the sense that people think, okay, so you know, there's different ways to do it, and everyone chooses what works for them, and uh, I'm not on that level anymore, I don't have the feeling for it, and uh, I choose to do like those people. A lot of people doing it, it must be okay. And I think that's a very different, it's, a very, it's very misleading. It's very misleading. Whoever knows, whoever's interested, whoever wants to know, um, does know and could find out, that there's a lot of halochas, a lot of halochas, and a lot of a lot of makoiris, and a lot of uh, very clear material that, that that's very clear about what is and what isn't halocha, and what becomes a chimra. Now, like every other um, issue with halocha, there's very many opinions. What one person is, usir gomer al halocha, and not even a question, completely um, unallowed, it's not any stringency, it's not any chimra, it's not any minig, it's clearly unallowed, it's someone else, clearly allowed. That, that's fine, that's like everything else but... I don't see how that's different than anything else. The fact that when two people eat chicken, the chicken looks the same, you don't realize that, that one person might be eating a chicken that was shechted in a way that, according to the other person, is not good at all. I mean, but in, in this case, I think a lot of people make this, make this mistake. Even if people do understand that, okay, essentially there's different opinions about it, but you can pick and choose. It's the same narish guide. You can't pick and choose. You can't pick and choose. You can't pick and choose what you want to do. The, the way that Haluch is set up, and I'm not going to go into it now, how you decide uh, you know, what kind of mesoira, what kind of standards, or what kind of thing you have to follow, but I mean, it's one of the issues of not having a roof, not having a tastoira, not having something that you follow. When people tell me this phrase, I'm, I don't mind mentioning this, 
Yeah. But it always it often gets me nervous when people say, so I spoke to my therapist. If you go for therapy or you talk to a therapist, that's fine. But it becomes like a thing. I have my doctor and every rich person has my lawyer right, who uses in business. So it became a thing today. I have my therapist. Now, I don't know if it's your therapist. You spoke to a therapist. Okay. People identify with the therapy. It became such a normal thing. We try to unstigmatize it. So automatically, I have my therapist. As if it's you know part of life. Then I have to have a therapist and whatever that person tells me to do, I do. Without going into it. When it comes to a roof, unfortunately, very many people I say, who's your roof? I don't know. I ask this person. I sometimes go to that person. I dive in this shul. I don't know. A roof you have to have. When somebody says my roof, yeah, you have to have your roof. It's not about a roof. I have my roof, who I follow, and I trust, and I abide by his guidance, and his das Torah, and I listen to him, and his authority, and I, I'm not smarter than him, and I don't do things different than he tells me to, and I, that's, what I, that's what I live by. That's what I listen to. My therapist? One day I go to this therapist, one day I go to that therapist, one day I decide I don't need therapy anymore. I don't have to have my therapist, but my roof you have to have. So tzniyah is a halukha issue, and you have to go something that you follow, husband, wife, it's not a shon bias noisa. This is a halucha noisa. And just like you know until um, what time you keep Shabbos, even though you know that there's different opinions about that, right? Some people end Shabbos uh, 50, 45 minutes after the Shkia. Some people 72 minutes after the Shkia. Whatever you hold, you hold. You can't. You know, Shabbos is not something you play with. It's a deraisa. And like everything else as well. I think the same thing and more so uh, when it comes to tzniyas. Another, another thing that, I don't know why, that becomes very uh, blurry lately is that, yes, a husband has a chrais on what goes in his home. And what goes on in his home. That's a halucha, by the way. A husband is responsible for what goes on in his home. Whether it's his wife and children and, and uh, you know, making sure that things are done. Toyredik, we teach women and girls and callers that you're not your husband's mashgiach. Okay? First of all, call this all arrived in So, on some level, you're everyone's mashgiach. You know, you want to make sure that everyone's doing the right thing. You should always be on the lookout. If there's people you could help by telling them in a nice way that they should do something better and you have the you have what it takes to say it the right way and somebody will do something better and you're noticing they're doing something wrong, it's an obligation like any. But we teach people that you're not your husband's mashgir, so don't stand on his head and don't make him crazy and let him live and, and it's not your responsibility to make him into a mensch, right? Now, on some level, with a husband to a wife as well, because I'll definitely teach us a lot of exceptions, uh, let's call it, of you're not here to make people afraid of you. And Chazal teach us specifically about a husband to wives that um, the If you know that, that your wife will do something intentionally, right? It's better if you just let her do it unintentionally. Better not tell her that it's a problem, so that she shouldn't be a miser. She'll be a shogit. And Chazal teaches us about that aisa, about this is your makapira. There's a Chazal that says that Kesham Shemitzvah Anishma, It's a mitzvah not to say something that somebody's not going to be able to listen to. So there's definitely a lot of things that come to play over here when a husband's thinking, should I uh, make my wife aware of a problem, something she's doing? I was told that I'm responsible for what goes on in my house. The answer is, well, if it fits into the guidelines of saying it the right way at the right time, it will be taken well. Yes, most definitely. You shouldn't say, oh, it has nothing to do with me. An apathetic attitude. What do I care? No, you should care and you're responsible. And you'll be held responsible. If it's not going to be taken well and you you don't have what it takes to say it, then of course you shouldn't. The point is not to say it has nothing to do with me or for a woman to tell her husband it has nothing to do with you. It most definitely does. So I think that was... Uh, I, I hope I'm coming across clear. Sneez is a halucha and it's a halucha that you should be following a certain opinion and have somebody you follow and it is the responsibility of a husband and a husband does have to use his judgment to assess situations based on a lot of different factors of when it's right and when it's wrong to say something. I, I want to 
touch upon another um, topic which has to do with something that somebody spoke to me last week about. Uh, I'm always careful. I try not to be misleading in my classes. And because this, this writer as well is quoting me, I want to make it clear. Um, it sounds like, and I talk about this and I write it in my book as well, the issue of boundaries. Right? What's mine, what's yours, who makes which decisions, we shouldn't be controlling each other. And in general, it's true. When it comes to relationships in general, forget about Tzniyah's husband, wife, in general, it's true. When you want to be in a good relationship with someone, one of the ways to do it is to have healthy boundaries. And it seems like this husband is understanding that what his wife wears is hers and he shouldn't be intruding or maybe even giving an opinion. Right? Maybe even giving an opinion. He's afraid if he should say something. So aside from the fact that that's um, maybe a misinterpretation of healthy boundaries when it comes to Tzniyah's and Yiddishkeit at home, um, but a bigger mistake over here is the way people misrepresent and misinterpret the idea of boundaries, the way I call it, boundary, healthy boundaries. The healthy boundaries of mine, yours, ours, what belongs to who, right? who should be making which decisions, that's called boundaries. Understanding how not to intrude and control people in something that's not yours. But the way somebody put it lately to me, and I, I, I realized that I've heard this mistake before, is mixing the idea of boundaries and barriers. Very, very important. Um, healthy boundaries are sometimes misrepresented as keep away. It has nothing to do with you. Why are you looking? Why are you noticing? Why do you care? And it, it's, just a, it's a certain um, distance that people are creating in a close relationship that should be a close relationship, a certain distance that's based on the idea of healthy boundaries. That's not healthy. It's not a healthy boundary. It, it's, a, it's a distance. It's a barrier. It's, it's when somebody thinks that let, let me live my own life and I want to have my own privacy, and I don't want you mixing in, and it's only, like I said before, it's only for me and my therapist to deal with, and you, you didn't even have to know what I'm doing. Why, why do you even know um, what I'm spending money on? Why do you even know, I'll give you another example, why are you even noticing that I, that I did something nice to someone, you're complimenting me, it has nothing to do with you, I don't want to hear about it from you. Uh, boundaries, it's mine. That's a, it's a, that's a big distortion. Again, I, I don't take responsibility for people's distortions, but I, I think it's a very far cry of healthy boundaries. The point of healthy boundaries, let's just sum it up over here, is, is the idea of, of understanding that this belongs to me and I shouldn't be obligated to do it the way you want and feel like, a, like, a, like I'm a bad person because I'm not living my life the way you tell me to and dictate and I'm not here to control your life and tell you how you have to do things that have to do with you just because of my taste and make you feel guilty because you're not doing it the way I like. And that when it comes to something shared, whether it's finances, home, children, or anything that we interact with, neither of us should be should just be controlling it and making the other one, uh, the other person feel obligated to do things the way I want. That, that's what helps. Or in the other way too. I shouldn't be obligated to do something that's shared the way you want just because you want it. And I'm also part of this equation. That's what healthy boundaries is about. Barriers where people start closing off other people. I, I don't want to hear your compliments. I don't want to hear your opinions. It, it's about me. What's this thing? Why are you building a wall? Why are you building a wall? Especially the way somebody told me recently how he, uh, um, his wife wouldn't take a compliment from him because she doesn't want to feel dependent on him. So she's going for therapy to be less dependent on her husband. So she's in therapy for two years to become independent without realizing how dependent she is on her therapy to become independent from what's called healthy interaction with a husband who smiles at you and compliments you and makes you feel good. So I don't want to get too specific. and I just want to be clear. Boundaries means that we don't control each other, we respect each other, we're there for each other. Aside from the fact that boundaries doesn't mean that you shouldn't be able to tell someone what you, what you have to say about them. That, that's, a, that, that, that's an unhealthy boundary of me being controlled. 
If I see you doing something and I don't think it's a great idea, of course I have to be very careful how I say it. And I should be careful not to hurt your feelings or come across wrong or be insulting or whatever. But that I can't say it? What kind of healthy boundary is that if I'm not in control of what I could say? The, the distortion and the misinterpretation of you can't do this because I don't like it or because it has something to do with me. You just control the other person. Why can't they say something? They're not allowed to express themselves. That's not called healthy boundaries. All that is a sign from the fact that whenever I do talk about healthy boundaries, I almost always talk about it in my book. I have a, the, the chapter before healthy boundaries is a chapter about being nice to the other person, making the other person feel uncomfortable and welcome and connecting and loving and caring. And if some people just find the boundary part and they feel very validated and very uh, empowered now. Okay, I live my own life. You don't tell me what to do because Rabbi Gruen said something about boundaries. It's a very, very good point. Yeah, It's mine. You, don't, you shouldn't mix in. You, you skip the whole part about what relationship is. Relationship is about connection. Relationship is about feeling. Relationship is about sharing. Relationship is about making sure the other person feels good and welcome and understood. And, and boundaries, which means not because I understand you and care for you will I let you dictate everything that goes on in my life. Not because I'm understanding of you and, and have strong feeling, have strong feelings to you and I want to share my life with you doesn't mean that I'm going to be afraid of you. So that's the balance of healthy relationship and boundaries. But to stick to boundaries and not know how to connect properly and to slowly distance yourself, that's not a boundary, that's a barrier and it's a big mistake. So that was uh, some clarification over there that I think between the lines of this letter I think were very important to, um, to explain. Now, like I said, the fact that you're allowed to say something because healthy boundaries, you should be able to express yourself. doesn't mean that you can say whatever you want or should say whatever you want. Some things are better left unsaid, unspoken. There are things that are definitely better to not say something, especially, like I said, mitzvah uh, lelem it's not going to be taken well, don't say it. So Chazal is teaching us not to say it, not because you're not allowed to say it, but because it's not going to be productive. It could be damaging. You have to be careful about that. That's part of, uh, we just mentioned before, you want to you be more someone, but not in a way that's going to make things worse. So you have to always know what your motive is. Is is your motive to express yourself so someone understands you better and is able to make you feel better and interact better? Or you want to say something and then the other person will just get more distance so it's not worth saying. So it's not that you're not allowed to. We have to be careful and creative. And and, and the emphasis is that if you're trying to accomplish something, Chazal are the ones that teach us how to do it because when Chazal teaches us that Erev Shabbos, you're supposed to say things at home. Did you take Master yet? Did you make Erev? Whatever. Um, Chazal say, you should say, you should express it nicely. Um, you want people to accept what you're saying, say it nicely. So the same Chazal that are teaching us, the same Torah that's teaching us, you should say things, you should be more ordered things, you shouldn't let things just happen by themselves, are telling you that if you should say it in a way that's going to be taken well. A person should never say, well, well, I have to do mine, I say it, I, I don't care what happens. It's a very wrong message, both at home in Shulam and in Chinuch. The point is not to, to, to do the right thing and say the right thing, the point is to make sure that it has the right effect. And we're not responsible that it will always have the right effect, but we definitely have to be considerate of the outcome when choosing uh, what to do. Sometimes people get into um, debating the idea, the principle. You know, it's right or it's wrong. I'll prove to you it's right. I'll prove to you it's wrong. I'm not telling you what to do. But they get into these fights and, and very many people take that personal. If you're going to talk about an idea and prove it and bring sources and bring opinions and your wife's just going to get more and more agitated and take it very personal the fact that you think she's wrong and bad and... and, and uh, and, and whatever else you want to call it, you're not accomplishing anything. Very many people, they get into, they think that the more sources and the more opinions and the more backing and the more amount of claims they bring home, the more they're going to accomplish. And for some reason, the wife, the wife or the husband, whatever, either way, is getting more and more stuck, more and more hurt, more and more. That's not the way to do it. Now, I'm not saying it's never the way to do it. There are people that like sources, there are people that like understanding. 
the people that like clarity. When I spoke a few weeks ago about um, the minute of shaving of women that shave their head, they're here, uh, very many people appreciated the clarity and the sources and the understanding where it comes from and what it's backed by. But if your wife doesn't appreciate that and you just, you're just promoting your position and your opinion by making someone feel stupid and wrong, regardless of if they're going to be tempted to now find other sources that say otherwise or even not, that's not the way to do it. I think in general, when it comes to sneers especially, and, and any difficulty, sneers is just a good, a good example of it, you want to validate the difficulty and tell your wife you understand that it's not easy or you understand that it's easier for her to do it this way or more comfortable, whatever you want to call it. You could even mention, you have to be afraid to say, some people are so afraid to mention that they know there are other opinions. No, there's no other opinions. All the other opinions are wrong. It's fine if there's other opinions. And there are other opinions. And your wife knows there's other opinions. And your husband knows there's other opinions. You're not accomplishing anything by, by proving to someone that there isn't when there is. That's a mistake we make with children as well. It's fine to say, I know this is not easy. I know that I can understand and relate to this challenge that you have. I understand that you're not doing it because you're bad, but because, for whatever reason, you think it's the right thing to do. I understand there are people that do this. And there people that might even say, it's okay. You, you, you usually gain more points when you give those introductions and nobody feels personally challenged by what you're about to say. And the next thing you want to say is that I don't feel comfortable with this. I would appreciate if we do it differently. I feel we should consult with the roof and make sure we're doing things right. It would mean a lot to me if we could do the right thing or figure out what the right thing to do is. And, and, and you could always acknowledge that I'm not 100% sure I'm right. I'm willing to find out. When you give those bumpers, I always say, when you give those bumpers of I might not be always right and there might be other ways to do it and you're not a bad person, it, it just makes it so much easier for people to accept. And when you show appreciation for doing what's right, instead of saying, well, this I have to do it, so I'm not telling you thank you. I mean, it's obvious you should have been doing it all along. It's fine to say thank you for taking me seriously. Thank you for doing things right. I know it's not easy. And give compliments. It's, it's usually just simpler and easier and more productive. You could also be very clear about the fact that you feel that this needs the advice and, and counsel of somebody that you both trust. And like I said before, you have to have a roof on board. You can't now start looking for somebody who's going to tell you what to do because you should have had that all along. So that's also a very big, important factor over here. And, and let me add, you have to know when to give up. As Parwa Chazal teach us, or whatever you want to call it, know when to give up. If it's not working, it's not working. Now some people get stuck, on, but it's wrong. You're right. So this is something that you might need the help of a roof to decide instead of doing it on your own. Sometimes you have to know when to give up, even when you're right, because it's not working. It's not working. Now another part of the question over here was, how do I, is it okay if she does it because I want, even if she doesn't want? So let's just break it down. First of all, when we're talking about sneers, not everyone has to want the things that we have to do because that's what we have to do. And if that's what your job is to make things uh, be done right, then, then if you could do it successfully, go ahead and do it. Um, you shouldn't do it in a way, like I said before, that you sound like the Mr. Nodal who does everything right. And you should acknowledge, by the way, between me and you, that um, you don't have this Nisoyen of sneers. I don't think women have the Nisoyen of, of waking up for tugs and going to a shir either. We should acknowledge that and we should say it. We should be open about it. In fact, that I don't know, I don't have this challenge and it's not hard for me but I'm just trying to get to do the right thing, obviously. Um, but very often we get stuck on getting the other person to want it. This, this is a mistake we make with children as well. I want my son to daven with a minion, right? Why doesn't he want it? Why is he doing it for me? Why? I have to thank you, I push him. There are good ways to get him to go daven with a minion. I'm not discussing now how to do that. But the point that he doesn't want to, he doesn't have to want to always. My point isn't that you should force him. 
My point is, don't get stuck on making the other person want. Of course, Dale Carnegie suggests I'm giving the eager want. Of course, the better way to do things is to get someone to want. Of course, if you can get someone to want because they feel good and they feel close and they feel appreciated and they feel understood, that's the best thing you could do. But sometimes if somebody will do something right that they didn't want, first of all, as long as they did something right, that's also good sometimes. And if you could appreciate it and make them feel good and acknowledge the fact that they don't want and they did it anyway, good for you. The fact that somebody's doing the right thing even when they don't want just makes it more admirable. But to get stuck on why should she do it if she really doesn't want to or, or, or let's wait until she wants, not always is that the way to go. And I think in general it's fine to acknowledge, again, not so much on a practical level, but just on an acceptance level. Your wife has allowed her to think and feel however she wants and so is everyone. Everyone's allowed to feel that that opinion or that standard or that method is better. Sometimes people get into this narrow-mindedness of the way I understand it is certainly the best and the most correct. And it's so clear to me that whoever's thinking otherwise is, is simply misinformed. And if only I had the, the way of explaining it or the amount of time that it will take to explain it, I'll for sure convince everyone that I'm right. And therefore, whoever's doing it otherwise is mistaken. And now, all I'm thinking is, so how do I get people to agree with me? It comes from, uh, from a narrow-mindedness of not understanding that there are very different opinions. Hashem says He created people in a way that and the fact that in any top, any given topic there are different opinions just goes to show, and in Torah as well, it, it's mamisha katnas to think that there's only one right way and that I understand it. I know all the sources who understand it and I understand why people don't understand it and why they're making mistakes. It's mamisha silly thing. Um, I, I think people will be much better off I feel better when they learn to accept that not everyone has to agree with me and I don't have to agree with anyone and we're both going to follow a certain guidance or a certain doubt that we trust regardless of when I feel that it's right or when she feels it's right and things like that. And in general, um, you know, being understanding and accepting of the fact that I could be wrong, I understand there's other ways to see it and I do appreciate what you do even though it doesn't resonate with you and even though it's not easy for you and even though you're doing it for me, so be it. So thank you for doing it for me. Thank you for doing it for me. Now, of course, in other areas where it's not important that somebody does something for you, don't control them and don't make them do it and don't manipulate them. And it's okay if they do it differently. I'm just saying that if for whatever reason in the question you asked, the guidance that you get and the guidance that you're supposed to be following says it's not okay, then it's not okay, it's not okay. And thank you for doing it for me. Now, I have no idea if this example that was mentioned in the question is at home, if it's in, in private, if it's in public, if it's at all times, if it's when it's allowed or something. It's not, that's not my, my discussion over here. My discussion is applying these rules um, correctly. And I'll just end off with this point that I say often. Don't let this turn into the, the focus of attention in your relationship. Very often people get stuck on that. But it's right, but it's a dover chomer, but it's a minig, but it's a halucha, but it's gefelech, it's a chavik krisis. Deal with it. Deal with it. The right way. Sensitive way. Find out how to deal with it. Don't turn it into the main point of attention of the entire relationship. I can't get along with her. We don't understand anything anymore. Since this, We can't get this out of the way. Learn to compartmentalize. You can have a very healthy and loving and close and geschmacker relationship that has a lot of success, even if this one thing is still unresolved or even if it remains uh, a sore point or whatever it is. It's very important not to have everything mixed together. And most often you could do that um, if you just put your head to it. And people, but I can't. It's the elephant in the corner. It became an elephant. It didn't have to be an elephant. It could be a little fly. It could be a little. Um, it could be something very small if you know how to deal with it correctly. So even if it, even if you realize or decided or for whatever reason you don't have a choice and you can't address it and it can't be done in a way that you both agree and it's just not going anywhere for whatever reason, learn to put it on the side 
doesn't mean to ignore it. it doesn't mean not to care about it. It means not to let it get in the way. So this is definitely something that, you know, it's a good example of where people get very stuck and, and turn it into everything. So just to summarize, um, Tznius is definitely a halacha and you have to know how to go about these things. And I'm not here to give any kind of guidance in that for now. Um, the idea of boundaries versus barriers, understanding that I'm not here to control my wife, even if it's not halucha, let's say, and it's not my place, I'm allowed to say something, and nobody should be blocking out the other one or not caring about what the other one has to say, as long as we're being respectful of what belongs to one another, let's call it. Knowing how to communicate with sensitivity instead of having somebody feel challenged by it or put down by it, and and knowing how to let go when it's not working, um, and being okay with when somebody does something for you. If they're okay doing it for you, and they're doing it for you, don't say, but it's not for me. If it's for you, it's for you, as long as they're okay with it. I think that's fine. And and knowing how to make sure this doesn't get in the way of your relationship. And I'll just end off again by saying, don't trust yourself. Sometimes we get very sensitive about different standards, different guidelines, different things that are to me important, to that person important. What if people notice? What if people see? What if? Don't trust yourself. There's a lot going on over here between husbands and wives in, in these areas and other areas. Find out. Find out and trust and follow people that you do trust and people that you do um, believe, understand what's really good, even if it doesn't always resonate with the way you want or the way you're thinking. And you may be surprised sometimes. There could be topics that come up that you're almost certain that it's a huge problem. It's not a problem. There could be topics that you thought aren't at all a problem and they really are a problem. So that's not something people should trust themselves about. And I'll just end off with, end off with the word that we started. I'm not blaming a husband. Um, if he sees his wife doing something wrong, it must be that he didn't say it the right way and it must be that he caused it. But sometimes... Sometimes, um, the way someone else is doing something doesn't have to do with you. Hashem is telling Moshe Rabbeinu um, that he had to be in the position, and he was Hashem in the position, to say, things, to say things that took effect, but it definitely means that in order to take effect, you have to make sure that you're in the position to do it. You can't be a hypocrite, and you can't say it in a hurtful way, and you can't do it in a controlling way, and you can't do it uh, in a way that's, that's overriding boundaries where it shouldn't be done. You can't be mixing and matching topics. It takes a lot to say things the right way, that they should be taken well and dealt with properly in my still for the right amount of chachma and siyat um, You'll get it right, and this will be resolved, and everything else will be resolved, and we'll be able to live together. Bahala Akhashalam Barayas.